It's Wednesday, January the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, COVID crosses a 100 million case milestone and Republicans rally round Trump again. First, the world in brief. A global tally of confirmed coronavirus infections hit 100 million, less than three months after it crossed the 50 million mark. Actual figures must be much higher. A study in Delhi, for example, indicated that more than 50% of its nearly 20 million residents already present antibodies. America's new administration pledged to buy 200 million more vaccines, enough to cover every citizen approved to use it. The European Commission intends to require permission for the export of vaccines from the EU, after AstraZeneca, a British drug maker with a plant in Belgium, warned it would not be able to supply all the doses it originally promised to the bloc. America's Senate rejected a Republican-led effort to declare Donald Trump's impeachment trial unconstitutional. Five Republicans sided with all the chamber's Democrats to allow the trial to proceed. It is expected to begin the week of February 8th. No president has ever been impeached and tried after leaving office. Conviction requires a two-thirds Senate majority. Judging by today's narrow result, Mr Trump has little cause to fear. President Joe Biden signed several executive orders relating to policing and prison reform. One of them resurrected a policy from Barack Obama's administration that prevents federal authorities from supplying police forces with military-grade equipment. Mr Biden also plans to improve prison conditions and scale back the federal government's use of private prisons. Farmers clashed with police in Delhi and entered the Red Fort, a majestic citadel in India's capital, eclipsing Republic Day celebrations. Their leaders denounced the incursion, which marred wider protests against agricultural reform that have gone on for two months. Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister, insists the changes will make agriculture more competitive, farmers fear being left out of pocket. The Dutch government kept in place a nighttime curfew aimed at preventing the spread of COVID-19, despite three nights of riots across the country. Protests began on Saturday after the stay-at-home order was introduced. The country's finance minister denounced rioters as scum for looting and clashing with police. More than 180 people have been arrested. Microsoft's second quarter revenue hit $43.1 billion, a 17% year-on-year increase, far exceeding analysts' expectations. The tech giant has reaped profits in a lockdown world, where workers from home buy computers and their firms keep shifting software to the cloud, where Microsoft's revenue rose by 34% to $16.7 billion. When their workday ends, meanwhile, homebodies while away the hours on their Xboxes. And the EU approved a 2.9 billion euro, 3.5 billion dollar plan to support the production of batteries for electric vehicles within the bloc. The project will give state aid to firms including Tesla, BMW, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and others in an attempt to compete with China, which produces 80% of the world's lithium-ion battery cells. And now here's today's agenda. Lowered hopes. Germany's economy. Today, Peter Altmaier, the German economy minister, will substantially reduce his forecast for economic growth this year from 4.4% to merely 3%. Leading economic research institutes, which in October predicted growth of 4.7% in 2021, are also likely to cut their forecasts. Germany was widely admired for its level-headed management of the first wave of the pandemic, but it is struggling with the second. A hard lockdown, first imposed in mid-December and recently extended until mid-February, mandates the closure of all non-essential shops, schools and kindergartens. Germany's central bank warned that extending the lockdown would mean a sizable setback for the economy. 
a wave of insolvencies is expected in the coming months. It is likely to involve healthy companies too, even though the optimistic Mr Altmaier promised last year that the government would ensure that no healthy firm went under. New Beginnings NATO's Fresh Strategy NATO's top brass will meet in Brussels today for the first time this year. The military committee chaired by a former British Defence Chief will discuss ongoing operations and future challenges. The most pressing issue is Afghanistan, where NATO leads an advisory mission of 12,000 troops from 38 allies and partner nations. President Joe Biden is reviewing a peace deal that his predecessor struck with the Taliban, under which American troop levels have fallen to just 2,500, the lowest in 20 years. Other tasks include a training mission in Baghdad and a peacekeeping force in Kosovo. The agenda will also include the future of war. Over the past year, NATO has developed a new military strategy and a warfighting concept to adapt to technological change and new threats. Happily for the alliance, tweets from the American president are no longer among those. Pasteur's Ghost France's Vaccine Woes France's President Emmanuel Macron will today decide whether to lock down the country for a third time. After ending a second lockdown on December 15th, he imposed a curfew. But daily new coronavirus cases are still running at a seven-day average of about 20,000. New variants from Britain and South Africa are starting to circulate. Mr Macron may wait another week before clamping down again. Such uncertainty comes amid growing impatience at the government's slow vaccine rollout. Although it has gathered pace, a cautious start has left France with just 1.1 million doses administered, fewer per head than in Germany, Italy or Spain, and far behind Britain. And this week, the world-renowned Pasteur Institute abandoned its efforts to develop a French vaccine, which some felt as a blow to national pride. The limited availability of jabs has at least made the French want them. In December, only 42% said they wanted the vaccine. Today, 56% do. On a wing and a prayer. Boeing's earnings release. Two crises made 2020 Boeing's worst year in nearly four decades for new plane deliveries. Deadly crashes in Ethiopia and Indonesia of the 737 MAX left the model grounded worldwide from March 2019 to November 2020. The pandemic-induced slowdown in air travel prompted more cancellations from struggling carriers. All this sent new deliveries down to just 157, less than a fifth of Boeing's record of 806, set just two years before. Just how badly this damaged the firm's finances will be revealed in today's full-year earnings release. Expect Boeing to tout the news that the 737 MAX is being cleared by air regulators around the world. But the company must continue to rebuild its credibility after another deadly crash in Indonesia earlier this month, this time of an older model. Investors are not enthused. Boeing's stock has lost almost half its value since the 737 MAX's grounding. Firm Friends Turkey and Russia Turkey's president will not let the threat of American sanctions get in the way of doing business with Russia. Recep Tayyip Erdogan recently said his officials would discuss the purchase of a second batch of S-400 air defence systems from Russia at the end of the month. America responded to Turkey's first purchase by placing sanctions on its defence procurement agency, albeit three years after the sale. America also booted its NATO ally from a joint programme to develop the F-35 fighter jet. A new deal may spark more trouble. America's Secretary of State Antony Blinken has warned of additional sanctions. 
Turkey's romance with Russia may have suffered as a result of wars in Libya, Syria and Nagorno-Karabakh, but Mr Erdogan seems keen to stay chummy. He fancies himself a champion of the oppressed, but he has said nothing about the crackdown against protesters in Russia or the poisoning and arrest of Alexei Navalny, an opposition leader. Go figure. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Updike, who died on this day in 2009. Critics are like pigs at the pastry cart. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.